Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. This is the 10th episode of the Sadness Town podcast, recorded Saturday, December 27th, 2014, at the Bathtub Republic in Washington, D.C. My guest on this episode is Jason Nunez, a friend and a delightfully absurd comic uh, who can be seen all over the D.C. area at all times. This is kind of a weird episode where I am hosting very sleepy and jet-lagged, uh, and Jason picks up the slack for me by being fucking hilarious. He has some stories on this episode that had me in tears. Like, I, I can't wait for you guys to hear the R. Kelly story. Um, just a couple of quick plugs. Upcoming shows, I'm going back up to Baltimore on Friday, January 16th. Uh, and my guest on that one is going to be Stavros Halkius. We're doing that at the Hampton Mansion, which is uh, another house venue. I'm trading the basement of a house in Washington, D.C. for the ground floor of a somewhat larger house in Baltimore. Um, and Stavros is one of the funniest people that I know, and it's going to be a really good episode, I think. Uh, at the end of the month, I'm going to be returning to the Bathtub Republic, as always. That's going to be on January 31st, which is the last Saturday of the month. My guest on that episode will be Ahmed Vallejos, who is another D.C. comedian who I am a big fan of. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, this is a great episode. I hope you guys love it. Welcome to Sadness Town. How you guys doing? It is December 27th, 2014. We are recording this final seasonal effect of Disorderness Town of 2014 live here at the Bathtub Republic. I'm David Twighty, I'm your host. As always, we will begin by reading the Sadness Town Charter. Item number one, this is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two, you were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being and so was everybody else. Any pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three. At the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. Uh, so yeah, this opening track is called Hero. Uh, it's from the album Music From and Inspired by Spider-Man, which came out in 2002. Uh... This was a team effort. This was Chad Kroger from Nickelback, uh, the lead singer from Saliva, and then, uh, I mean, who fucking cares who else at that point? Like, when you got those two, you know you got a hit on your hands. Uh, this album, Music From and Inspired by Spider-Man, uh, received one and a half stars from AllMusic.com, which is, I think, the worst score any album that's been on this has gotten by, like, a full score, uh, star. Uh, AllMusic.com described this song as a dour anthem. It was one of those reviews that basically just goes, it has this song on it, and then also this one, and then this one, we're done. Like, that is the whole... They also, <laughs> the last line of the review, which I just think is funny out of context, was Pete Yorn gives the audience his gentle undercover. 
this song peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. And it's not so much that I really like this particular song, although I do identify it, identify with it being a hero myself. Uh, it's just that there was this era in the early 2000s where every action movie had a soundtrack that was all fucking awful new metal music. So like, I had this album, I had the Daredevil soundtrack, which prominently featured such, uh, such rock and roll luminaries as Evanescence and Dry Cell. Um... <laughs> And I like the way this one ends. I'm gonna go back to the beginning. <laughs> I am so high, I can hear heaven. What does that mean? <laughs> no, I don't. There's one. There's one verse in this song that I really like. It's the one that the guy from Saliva sings. It, it's it's a it's a the the lyrics are a, are a, someone once told me that love would save us. But how can that be? Look what love gave us. A world full of killing and blood spilling. And something else, and then he's a hero. Uh, pretty good movie, doesn't really hold up. It's on Netflix, the special effects look like garbage. Um, but you know, Willem Dafoe did a good job, I guess. I give his performance more than one and a half stars. Here to discuss this and other things with me, please welcome my guest. He sleeps about 30 yards away from here. Jason Nunez, everybody. Oh, oh. Thank you. I love this song. Yes. It, uh, a lot of my comedy is also inspired by the movie Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. And funny enough... That's always, that's always so funny to me, like, when they title a soundtrack album that way, because it's not all music from the movie, because that would be super distracting. If they had a whole album's worth of new metal just shoehorned into a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> like, all about web and other spiders. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, though, I, my, my comedy is also rated one and a half stars. <laughs> so, <laughs> this song is really, I'm really, this is my song. Man. I remember this song when this movie came out. Yeah. I love the movie. I, it really, it was, Besides X-Men coming out, that was like uh, the cartoon and the comic that used to read. Yeah, Spider-Man was my shit when I was a kid. Yeah, so that really blew my mind seeing it live action. That yeah, I saw this movie yeah. twice in theaters. Yeah, yes, I saw it at least three times. My brother took me, uh, and then you know, also listening to the soundtrack on the way. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just, it, it's so funny how they, because I remember there's like a Sum 41 song on the soundtrack of this movie, and the way that it's in the movie is it's like playing on the radio for like two seconds yeah. in one scene. It's just like, we gotta get that Sum 41 cross promotion. Yeah, they just got the rights real fast and just put it on the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, yeah. Easy, a lot, a lot easier than, you know. Like maybe someone's gonna see it just for that song. Right, maybe I'll pick some... Some, more, uh, some 41 fans and Spider-Man fans are going to cross over yeah. and, and that movie's going to blow their minds for that two seconds. You know, I'm more of a Batman guy, but uh, if they put, uh, I can't even remember the name of a Sun 41 song right now. <laughs> I, I barely remember the band Sun 41. So. Fat Lip. Fat Lip, yeah. If Fat Lip's in there, I mean, I could just listen to that song, but I think I'd rather <laughs> watch the movie and just keep my eyes peeled for it. Uh, yeah, no, this movie, I saw this twice in theaters, and it had, uh, 
I think it was the first time I saw it. It had the best black guy in a movie theater moment that I've ever been present for. Uh, like, the, like the fight scene at the end with the Green Goblin. There's one part where Spider-Man gets pun- like uppercutted and he like flies backwards in the air and everything. It's quiet in the movie, and everyone in the theater was totally quiet. And then one guy in the back just went, "Damn!" <laughs> <laughs> and everyone lost their shit. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Happened, yeah. Yeah. It's just like I wish you could come with me to everything that I see. Yeah. There's silence and break it with a big, big damn. <laughs> So uh, uh, you were you were born in uh, the other America, the southern the, the southernmost of America. Yes, the one in the southern hemisphere, uh, below that equator. You are a, a Peruvian gentleman. Peruvian and, gentleman. And you came here to the greatest country in the world when you were how old? Yeah, fuck Peru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put that in the back burner a long time ago. Inca more or less. USA. USA. Yeah. USA. Um, yeah. So eighty. Uh, it seems like a defense mechanism. Well, they're listening, so uh, yeah. I should definitely USA all the way. Um, no, so yeah, I was born in 88. I was born in uh, Lima, Peru. That's the capital of Peru. And uh, around four years old, I uh, migrated over here via airplane. <laughs> oh, so they had those. Well, the cargo section was white. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why uh, you don't really hear an accent from me. You know, four mm-hmm. years old. Uh, I was an ESL for like five years, um, even though I was speaking English just as well as the other yeah. first, second, third, fourth graders. Sure. Um, but I guess. And so and so, you grew up in uh, Northern Virginia, right? Yes, all my life. Okay. Yep. Where specifically? Springfield, Virginia. Fairfax uh, County. So, 20 minutes out of um, D.C. on the other side. West Springfield High School, graduate in 06. Go Spartans. <laughs> Your girlfriend is really excited about that. She also went to high school with me. <laughs> she also went to high school. Like, that was what she was excited for. And she was like, yeah, high school. Uh, you're going to love this show if that's what you're into. Uh, well, cool. So you want to you wanna just jump straight into this? Yeah, man, let's do it. Okay, so we're, we're kicking this off... Uh, this would be your freshman year is where we're starting this, right? Correct. Okay. Hey, you guys know my favorite white boy, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is 50 Cent with Patiently Waiting. 50 Cent, I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. This is off his 2003 album, Get Rich or Die Tryin', not to be confused with the soundtrack album, Music from and inspired by the movie Get Rich or Die Trying. That's when I believe he jumped the shark. Yeah. So this came out in 2003. Uh, this got four stars from AllMusic.com, who described it as an incredibly calculated album, albeit an amazing one. So there you go. Uh, pretty good. Then this album peaked at number one on the Billboard 200. Um, so yeah, this was, uh, like when Eminem started to become huge, like then, then it was just like, let's just get all of his friends into the studio while this is still a thing. So there was D12, and then like some of them had individual shit, yeah, alright, and uh, uh, Obi Trice and all that, like, yep, I bought his album, cheers, well, only because of Eminem. Right. I bought it all day because of Eminem. Right. Yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, I never, I never really got into this. The only part of this song that I really remember is the thing at the very beginning where he goes, Yo, Em, you know you're my favorite white boy, right? <laughs> I love the song, too, because Eminem kills it in this song. This is a 50-cent CD. But his his verse, I'm in his verse too. Yeah, I think. Well, he was on fire for like years. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't. Know, I haven't listened to the last. I have. He's still on fire. And okay. His freestyles are so hot fire. That's right. Um, and this song is just it makes me want to work out. It's a great workout song. That was my freshman year. I was in football, first year of football. Mm-hmm. So this was a good song that I was playing before games. Yeah. You know, before sitting on the bench for an hour and a half. Yeah. Just get get pumped. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be warming this bench so intensely. Yo, this bench gonna be white hot when I get up. Yeah, hey, that was that was some good stuff. But this really got me going. Um, in the gym. Yeah. yeah. I excelled in the gym outside of football rather than football in the field. Yeah. My coaches really liked me. I was all about technique, but I just wasn't. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't strong enough. Okay. But, you know, this so you said a bunch of really condescending yeah, things about how much of a hard worker you were. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like to be fair, you still you still got a rock solid bod. So thank you. Yeah, I've been working on it. Um, actually, funny enough, I used to be, uh, my top weight used to be 275. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and that's, uh, and I started losing weight because of football. Right. And that really just got me motivated, coaches and whatnot. Like I said, I was good at, like, lifting and, and doing the, the other stuff outside of the football field. The conditioning. <laughs> I was great at the conditioning. You set a strong example that no one was going to follow. Exactly. Just like Why can't people. you be more like Jason? It's like Jason never plays. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would take me forever to like you know run the mile or whatever, but I'll finish it. Yeah. <laughs> what position did you not play? I didn't play uh, nose tackle, defensive nose tackle. Okay. Um, defensive tackle, uh, right guard, left guard, uh, and center. Wow, you were a real Swiss Army knife yeah, of yeah, positions yeah, yeah. that you didn't play. <laughs> right, right, all seconds straight. <laughs> you were a real theoretical Swiss Army knife. I remember, okay, so I had I was second string for so many spots, I remember this one time, um, the center got injured. And I didn't think, I didn't know it was the center specifically. I had forgotten which spot. I was second string for so many positions, I forgot. Oh, am I for sure for this game? Yeah. I'm the second string for the center. Uh, I was. And he's out, and there's a, ten guys on the field. They're thinking I've already come in, like I know what to do. I'm still on the field. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure I have to be out there because there's ten guys out there, and I think I'm the second string center because the first string center, his legs like coming apart. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's being airlifted out of here right now. <laughs> so because of me, um, we waste time out. Um, <laughs> get yelled at by my quarterback and the coach at the same time and then I run out there and I throw the best, just the best hikes, the spiral, just my guy, for three times and then the fourth one, just way over his head. (laughs) (laughs) You got overconfident. It was funny because he was like the tallest guy, he was like, you know, like 6'3", like as a freshman and stuff, so. I mean, it just went way over his head. And we got we got it on film. It was it was good. Really? It was. Do you? I, mean, I don't have it. I don't okay. have it. But like, I remember the next day, everyone just you know laughing at me, replaying everything. 
how's the game turn out? Did you guys uh, did? I really don't remember. <laughs> I, I, freshman year. We lost the game by a single timeout, and uh, the because uh, that's the tiebreaker, right? Yeah. Like if it's a tie at the end, whoever has the most timeouts left yeah. wins. That's that's Northern Virginia rules. True. Uh, so did you do you know if you recovered that anyway? What do you mean if I recovered? Oh, the f- the hike that went over his head. I don't I don't believe so. No, no, he just he just like dove on it and then just got tackled. It was a bad day. It was not like a great. Yeah. <laughs> my self esteem was not good. I was already second string, and then I couldn't even do that job. Like, I wasn't even <laughs> present when second string was called upon. It's yes. like a way less uplifting Rudy. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Rudy, you can't play, and it's like I'll show you, and it's like oh no, it turns out I can't. When I was on the field, they chanted my name to get off the field. That's the difference between me and Rudy. <laughs> Jason, Jason, no seriously, come here, come here, come here. You're fucking this up. Can't go wrong with R. Kelly, though. <laughs> but I picked, like, the worst R. Kelly song. <laughs> yeah, this is R. Kelly with Thwang and Thwang. Uh, this was uh, one of the new tracks that was released on his, comp- uh, his compilation album, The R in R&B, uh, which came out in 2003. Four stars from allmusic.com, who said that it serves its purpose nicely. Uh, this peaked at, this track peaked at number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, I don't hate this, to be honest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I thought out of all the songs, this one you're just gonna bash me for it. Oh no, I don't, like, I was, I was playing this earlier, and I was like, and then I like took a, sho- I took a shower before I came over here, and I was like, I was just like, it's it, it's an earworm, man. Like yeah. that thing, like just sticks in your head. It really did. It really did. And I was a freshman at that time, still. So, um, and this song, it just it's just stuck with me. I had it playing all the time. I remember just getting in trouble for playing it uh, during school. And this one time, this song was so important to me. I remember my freshman year. Um, I got voted. Mr. Spartan, which is like our team mascot, the Spartans, and like every year, each like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, they each get like two males, and they compete for Mr. Spartan. Uh huh. I didn't know I was gonna get both. What is what are the? It's like criteria kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, just two guys from each grade. Mm-hmm. I did not know that I was gonna get voted at all. It turns out it was devised by this one girl in my English class who thought it was really funny. And she like told everybody she was like the number three girl in high school freshman class like number three hot popular. She vouched for me, told like everybody in freshman in our freshman class to like vote for me. And through the announcements, I hear you know the other guy's name, Jason Nunez. We have been voted come to the office after school to get all the rules and whatnot. And uh, it wasn't, for the seniors, it was special. They get a talent show, they get to sing or whatever, they get a questionnaire. Yeah. Uh, for the freshmen, uh, sophomores, juniors, they didn't care. It was just like, you get 20 seconds of whatever song you want, do whatever you want, and then get out of here. What? So I picked this song, and they just told me, just dance for whatever, right? <laughs> so they tell me, you got 20 seconds. After that, we're cutting off the music, and you just leave. And I was like, okay, cool. 
this is my song. It starts blasting. Um, and I remember I was wearing this fur coat that I borrowed from my mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I get, I get out there. The song starts playing. It's the first time I've ever been on stage, like on anything. Um, and it's just, you know, the auditorium. This song starts blasting. And I started doing the dance, the only dance move I know at that time, which I don't know if I saw from the video or something, but it was just kind of like, it's kind of like a lunge, and like, I'm just waving my hands. Uh -huh. So let me show everybody real quick. <laughs> it's kind of like this. <laughs> so I was supposed to do that. So I was supposed to do that for 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> I feel it, it literally went You over. probably need a second move once you get past 10 seconds. So that's, 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 I didn't know that. But also, they played the song. They played the whole song. And all I had was that one so dance So you just move. kept doing I that? I just kept doing that the whole time. I stopped in the middle thinking, oh, OK, if I don't dance for like 10 seconds, they're gonna, they've got to stop the music. <laughs> just didn't stop the music. <laughs> and I was already in center stage, so I just started going backwards, and then the music started playing, so I just, all I had to do was go forward and backward, forward and back, and that's all I had for, you know, 3, 3.30. On uh, the upside, that's an excellent uh, quad workout. Just doing it that many times. And the arms. And uh, the so do you think that the number three girl was fucking with you? Like it was like a really low stakes carry situation? No, 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 no. She actually, she was a really, uh, we became friends in that class alone. She just never told me. Um, but uh, she was actually very supportive of, of everything. Um, she always thought it was funny. She's the one that, one of the first people that told me, uh, go do, you should do stand up. Has she been to any of your shows? No, she reached she reached out, saw me on Facebook, and you know, like everyone, she was like, "Oh yeah, let me know when, and I'll come out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Well, me. all right, yeah, I got a thing tomorrow," yeah. and it's like, "Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I didn't think you were actually doing shows. I just thought that <laughs> it's funny how people do that. It's just like, oh, let me know when you have a show coming up, and it's like, yeah, okay, I got one tonight. I got uh, one in a couple days, and then this weekend I got a couple, and it's like, ooh." You know what? Today, next weekend, and several days next week are not good for me. 2015 pretty booked. Pretty booked up yeah, sorry about that. I really should have thought about that for two seconds before I asked you that question. But it was good. It pushed, it, it, to be honest, I, it was the first time on, on stage. I was so scared. I was sweating. Uh, just profusely, it started just, you know, it got the fur coat like wet. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that you were wearing a fur coat. It's all good. So, there's a spotlight on me. I'm, I'm on stage for my first time. I'm wearing a fur coat. I'm sweating down my neck, and my shirt is like just drenched. And it was bad. But it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> I can't see. Like, what makes that what makes that horrible is like, like if you had just committed and just done that one thing for the entire song, that might have been amazing. But like the fact that you stopped in the middle for like, like, is this still happening? Like, that was when I was sweating the most. <laughs> <laughs> ten seconds. That alone felt like ten minutes. Those ten seconds. Yeah. Dancing. The, the dancing I felt made it go by faster. Right. That's why I kept doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First time on stage, I was comfortable. I can't remember if it was like a slow clap or just 
booze all around. I can't remember. You got booed? No, no, no. I definitely didn't get booed. I don't think so. No, I didn't. I would, I would remember <laughs> getting booed. I've never gotten booed while I'm on stage. I kind of did. Let, <laughs> let that be known to everybody. I have. Really? Yeah. That's rough. I mean, not by like a whole. Oh wait, no, yeah, that happened once. <laughs> like the whole audience did it at the same time. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I told a joke about Ted Bundy when I was in Washington a couple months ago, and one person in the back went "boo," and I was like, "Uh oh, he might have actually killed someone in this town. <laughs> he might have actually murdered that guy's mother or something." Sorry. I'm surprised. I say some pretty, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I haven't done. I've gone to face like. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, and the other thing is like, uh, I, I haven't gotten this since like my first year of comedy, but someone going wah wah in the crowd. If someone did that to me now, I would spend the rest of my set just ending their life. Like, just, <laughs> they would have no self esteem left after that. I would bring them down to my level, you know. But yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've called um I've called somebody a cunt before and, and gotten cheers applause break. Oh seriously? Yeah, that's how bad a person. Well, that person like deserved it. I'm not just gonna right. call somebody out like throughout <laughs> the set. It was like this drunk girl uh, disrupting my set, and of course, you know, uh, during my sets, I'm usually intoxicated um, with marijuana. And it's hard for me to like just you know. Yeah, that's your album stay title, right? On <laughs> it's hard for me to stay on track, you know. So if somebody disrupts me, I'm just I don't know where I'm gonna go, and I just got really mad at this girl, and I just broke her, you know, down pretty much. Yeah. And then at the end of it, as I wrapped up, uh, I said, "You guys have been amazing. This lady's a cunt." And everybody just cheered. <laughs> people started standing up. Like her friends at that table, like started standing up, and that felt good. That was the only, the one time I've, I've said it, and has, and it was successful. And I think I'm gonna. Yeah, usually, that. yeah, yeah. Usually yeah. you don't want to score for one. Theater. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. You want to take the high road as long as you can. Like, I had a guy call me a faggot on stage <laughs> one time. Just this really I drunk guy who just yelled. Oh, thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> But he was, he was, <laughs> oh, what? Skip one. Oh, Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. You guys want switch? Right on the tail end of that. <laughs> Tonight's episode is brought to you by McAfee's Benchmark, old number eight brand, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's so smooth. <laughs> So, I just wanted to play this song while I was telling you, Jason, it really hurt me what you said <laughs> about 45 seconds ago. This song is amazing. Just listen to this song, it'll make you feel better. It's beautiful. It is. Like... <laughs> This is Air Supply 
with Goodbye off of their 1993 album, The Vanishing Race. This album received two stars from AllMusic.com who didn't feel the need to write a review. <laughs> they just gave it two out of five and left it there. I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with two out of five. Apparently, the title of this album, The Vanishing Race, is a tribute to uh, American Indians, which is weird because Air Supply is from Australia. Uh, but this song peaked at number 35 on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart, which means that there were 34 adult contemporary songs that were more popular than this when it was at its most popular. What year did this come out again? Uh, this came out in 93. This is one of the first songs that I listened to when I got to the States. Uh, my, uh, my cousin was a huge fan of um, Air Supply, and she, I had all her uh, cassettes. She gave me all her cassettes, and I had my Walkman, and uh, it was uh, these guys, Michael Jackson. Um, those were the two that I listened to over and over. And uh, this song just stuck with me, and then I remember in high school, <clears throat> coming back to this song, during my like just low points, <laughs> just like, always, I don't know. This always brought me like this like is a, like like a good sad, you know, like where it like hurts but it's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know when you cry, like it feels good to cry. No, this is like in a movie. If this is like a romantic comedy, like there's just been a terrible misunderstanding and uh, the. Like, something happened with Hugh Grant and whatever lady, and like she thinks he cheated on her or something, and she said, we're through, and so he's riding in the back of a cab, and he's got his head leaning against the window, and it's raining, and uh, this song, Goodbye, by Air Supply is playing in the background. But don't worry, because everything works out in the end. Uh, he makes a grand gesture. And everyone's happy. That's, exact, that's exactly what I used to fantasize about, like me being the Hugh Grant character. Yeah. But like I used to fantasize, I used to just go two steps further and like forgot to even like, I forgot that I have to have the girlfriend first. <laughs> I was like already fantasizing about like ruining things with the girlfriend and getting her back. That's thinking way ahead. You skipped like six <laughs> steps there. Like, I remember thinking like, oh, I get a girl, she's gonna be, oh, she's gonna be so, man, I'm gonna take care of her. This is, you know, this is why. <laughs> so you were just going around fucking things up with girls who had no relationship to you. <laughs> Careful. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I think I used Radiohead for that mostly, which is uh, 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 probably a little less specific, you know, just like exit music for a film was uh, was like my main mope music. And then like, just, like just one amazing song from that amazing band. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to check out uh, Air Supply, uh, the hits that album? It's uh, it's you know what I'm talking about. They have some songs that made it past 35 on the adult contemporary charts. What do you mean, like 36 and 35? <laughs> <laughs> Air Supply. Songs to play in dentist office waiting rooms. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I can feel it. And uh, I'm very uh, susceptible to uh, just any song that starts kind of 
kind of like uh, just kind of wistful and like, yeah. and then like hits big. Like if the drums come in on right. the last chorus, like yep. Yep. I'm always super like that always gets me every time. Like there are songs that I have like on the Sadness Town playlist that are like. Like there's a band called Boxcar Racer that was like a Blink 182 offshoot, that song. and they have they have one song that's acoustic for the first part, and then the whole band comes in, and I just remember playing that on my disc man on the bus, and just rewinding back to the part where it hits over and over yeah. again, like. A leather one, yeah, it starts off like smooth and slow, especially acoustic, and then you come in hard in the middle. Oh, I love coming in hard in the middle. I think that's a I think that's a pleasurable a pleasurable experience for all of us. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm air supply man. That's uh that's been through me through me all my life. All my life, definitely. That's a, that's a good band. I really only knew them as a punchline. Because uh, like uh, like sort of, sort of I know that like Saturday Night Live made fun yep. of them a bunch in like the late nineties and shit like that. And well, a lot uh, of people don't believe me; they think I'm just being ironic or something. Yeah. Like, no, like I actually been listening to them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like if Hall and Oates were both Daryl Hall. That's what those guys look like. <laughs> It's just hall and hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodbye. Give her another song. Yeah, dude, give, give her <laughs> some shoulders. This is Lil Wayne with This Is The Carter. This is off his 2004 album, The Carter. Which uh, received three stars from AllMusic.com, who said the album is far too long. <laughs> <laughs> this album peaked at number five on the Billboard 200. Uh, Lil Wayne, because I've never really been that much of a hip hop guy, I mostly know Lil Wayne from every third comedian having a joke about, yo, Lil Wayne has this lyric in one of his songs. That's a weird lyric, don't you think? And then, uh, like, I have heard so many different, uh, citations of, like, Lil Wayne, but it's like, he, he's like, I'm from space, I'm gonna fuck your mom, and it's like, whoa, Lil Wayne... Don't fuck my mom. <laughs> Definitely not in space. Like, isn't it silly that he says that? Like, that's one of my least favorite uh, stand-up premises. Well, yeah, just that premise alone of like deconstructing lyrics. Alone. Yeah, of anything. Yeah. yeah, where it's just like it takes so much just to get into it. It's like so. I was listening to this song. Do you know this song? Oh, you don't. Well, anyway, so I was listening to this song. And there's a lyric in it where he says, I'm from space, I'm going to fuck your mom. And it's like, I, but, it's a good, but he makes it rhyme. I think he knew it was ridiculous when he wrote it. <laughs> so I went to high school, you know, mid-2000s, so you got to have Lil Wayne in there. Uh, no matter what you think of him, um, you know, the, the first couple albums. The mixtapes, man, the mixtapes, can't go wrong with that. You know, now it's like, you know, everyone's had enough. Obviously, sure, I, right? I'm, I'm sure everyone has added up a little win. But man, this song, this song bangs. 
I again, I don't, I don't mind this at all. I just never like this is the first time I've heard any of this. I mean, I like the acoustic too. You know, yeah, the rap song kind of. Like, or, well, you know, it's a guitar. Yeah. yeah. So, do Do you have any specific associations with this one? Uh, you know, just this is one of the classics. He's my friends are the ones that put me onto it, and that was the one that on the car, the car rides to me from. Sure. It's like uh, sophomore, junior years and stuff like that. You know, yeah. Trips to skipping on uh, McDonald's and whatnot. Yeah. Classic rides. I didn't. I didn't used to smoke weed uh, in high school, so I was not doing that. It was, it was, uh, you know, hit, hit, and when it came to me, I passed, which is weird, but, um, do I regret it? Yes. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you would have better memories of high school now if you were, high. you would have fewer memories of high school, which I guess is a good thing, but, like, it, it just makes it easier to be alive during that period, I think. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm, I had my share of fun. High school. With the drinking, I did the drinking in high school. Okay, oh, that was my thing. I yeah, I never really did that that much. Like none of my friends had like a cool older brother or anything. Okay, well, I, most of my friends had like cool parents. That's okay. The thing. Yeah, and it's kind of that we won't come downstairs kind of rule. Yeah. And we'll go to sleep early. Like that was a kind of parents, you know, the yeah. Springfield, very uh, you know, it was very suburban white neighborhoods. A lot of parents were. Trying to be those cool parents, I guess. And just right. Look past it. Like, I'd rather you do it with me, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, never, at least they're not out on the streets. Never flew with my mom. I had to always tell her I'm going to go see a movie at the movie theater. Uh-huh. And then, like, once, like, half hour passed when the movie was supposed to start, I give her a call again and say, I missed the first movie. We're going to go and catch the next one that's like in 45 minutes. <laughs> so it's a two hour movie. And then the just depending minutes. on how the night is going, you keep doing exactly. that. Yeah. We're going to catch the Listen, 5 a.m. morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just going to go straight to Bob Evans after that. So you won't see me in like two and a half days, Mom. And she was cool with me. She's like, just crashing. Out yeah, there's like, there's an IMAX uh, one that's happening that's at 6.30 a.m. tomorrow. And uh, we just really want to, there's going to be a line at Denny's, so we want to get there early. You really piggybacked my joke, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I said Bob Evans, he just said Denny's. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a... <laughs> this is what happens when I don't listen. <laughs> I had already, like, started working on my What's own. the difference? Why aren't you listening? I just changed the time slightly in the restaurant as well. Like, that was it. Yes, Yours was more regionally specific, though. I did that for America, you know? For real America. Fuck you, man. All right, well, this is happening for the second time now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of completely lost track of what was happening. We're after Little Wayne, so... We oh, we... yeah! Let's do that. <laughs> The podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now turn this shit up. This is the ultimate diss song. Yep. This is Tupac with Hit Em Up. Uh, this was released as a B-side to the song How Do You Want It? Uh, and this peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 
and then uh, someone killed him. <laughs> That's how good this diss song was. He could not be allowed to live after delivering it. Like, it could not stand. Where do, uh, I know what uh, you said earlier, you were that big into hip hop. Where do you stand on the Biggie and uh, Pac debate? Uh, I mean, which one's better? Right. Tupac. Okay. I, I, I agree with that. At the end, I do agree with that. Um, I was just equally as sad when both had to go. Yeah. And at the end of the day, why couldn't have been he did it? Yeah. That's that's when I knew, you know. Like that guy's no still God. walking around riding jet skis with a fur coat on and shit. Like, yeah, you know better. You're not supposed to get fur wet. I learned that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't care. He just shed it into the lake when he got off the thing. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, this movie another like workout, great workout song. Kind of like gets you pumped. You want to murder somebody? Yeah. Yeah, that's got me pumped. Football time. Or I think this is. Uh, yeah. Good for working out. Conditioning. Again, I was great at conditioning. Completing things, but just not at the fastest times. <laughs> it's just something that I wish was happening more and in different kinds of music now, where bands just release songs to shit on other bands. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, it's like the Arctic Monkeys started like, like, <laughs> started, like, and like fuck Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> released a whole track about how Franz Ferdinand is bullshit. <laughs> and then it triggered World War III. That was a history joke. Yeah, alright, alright, the English guy gave me a thumbs up. That's a great song. And it's got all the, you know, the other talking favorites. It, it, yeah, and they basically... Basically gets everybody, yeah. Lil Cam and uh, Puff Daddy. And if you haven't seen the video, it's just like they have somebody, somebody playing a Biggie, and he's just there, and Puff is like standing above him, just like throwing money at him, waiting to on some chains, and just like you know calling him a bitch. And uh, you know, great, great video, great song. And it's all behind the old, just a white background. It's like it, it, I think they're like stuck in the Matrix. And it's just Biggie sitting down, like playing with his son or something. And, and talking just like spitting on him. <laughs> he's just playing with his son. He's just, he's just doing something. I forget. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, he's just, yeah, he's just like chilling, playing crabs or something. Okay. And like everyone else. It's just, yeah, all two boxes. It's like, yeah. I mean, it would be weird if the video just showed Biggie being like a good dad and then the two boxes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's just pushing his like, yeah, just swing. Pushing him on a swing. And, like, <laughs> just pot calling him a faggot. <laughs> they're at the zoo together. And, like, <laughs> and Tupac's like, I fucked your wife! And it's like, you're not the good guy in this. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's hard. That's what I'm saying. I love it because it's just every line, line is another threat. Like yeah. there is no wasted yeah. space in this song. Like we're gonna fuck your mama and kill all you motherfuckers. Like those were back to back lines in that order. And I and I first listened to this in middle school in sixth grade. Yeah, and it was great. And it's great. Now. <laughs> 
No, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's great hearing uh, all of the anger that you hear in a lot of kinds of music just directed at a single and specific source. Yeah. It's really satisfying. I used to, yeah, I, I was cursing a lot as a child. Uh, I stopped that, like, in, uh, in mid-high school, but I used to curse a lot in middle school. I don't know, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I used to call my friends and just, an everyday speech, just curse and curse. And I remember this one time, I called a friend, and his dad was so paranoid, he used to listen to phone calls, like, in case, like, his son was like, hey, whatever, doing drugs, drinking. And, um, I remember talking on the phone and just cursing a lot. You know, yeah, man, fuck it, so what are we doing, you know? What are we doing this weekend, you know, fucking around, or what's... What's going on, man? What's up, bitches? Let's do this. Are we doing? What's Friday's coming up? It's Thursday already. Do we got a plan or not? You know? <laughs> 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 talking and talking, talking nonsense, and then you know, and I'm like, you know, 12, 13, and um, and I hear the phone click, you know, and I'm like, hello, hello. So, oh, it must have like broken up or whatever. Um, I call back. Uh, it's you know when we had house uh, landlines, so right. uh, father picks up. Um, deep voice, you know, he says, uh, hello? I'm like, oh, hi, you know, uh, is, uh, John there? Um, it's like, no, he's not, he's not here right now. And I was like, I just, I was just talking to him, actually. I think, um, the line just, like, broke or something. And he's like, this is Jason, correct? And I was like, uh, yeah. It's like, okay, well, uh, I can't have you calling here anymore if you're gonna use disgusting language like that. And I was like, Oh, what do you mean? Uh, and he's like, oh, I heard what you were saying the whole time. And then he's just, please don't call here again. And then just hangs up. And I was terrified of this guy <laughs> until, like, we graduated from high school. Um, I stayed friends with this uh, with this guy all through, like, you know, elementary school, middle school, and, and high school. And it wasn't until right after we graduated together that uh, me and his dad reconciled. Um, and he let, yeah. And <laughs> I was always like, a, it was really weird when I used to go to his house. So audibly gasped. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's, it's bad, you know? To yeah. parents, that just looks terrible, you know? Yeah. I was, I was a yeah. stupid 13-year-old. And, uh, you know, as an 18-year-old, I was like, yeah, you know, apologies for that one time. I know you clearly remember. That works for the NSA. <laughs> just, like, hanging out, listening to his kids' calls. No, he just picked up the other phone and Oh, he just okay. yeah. He was like he, he was just known for. Uh, oh no, no, I knew that that was what he was doing. But I'll bet his day job was at the end. Oh right, right. Yeah, well, I mean that's geographically possible. Very much so. They're all white, white people. That's a white person job. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the whitest jobs. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm basing that on. <laughs> I said that with so I'm much confidence. <laughs> I said that was so much confidence. Like, oh yeah, that's a white people thing. Just listening to people. Well, yeah, no. So I uh, eased off the cursing because I knew there was uh, bigger and better words out there that you guys can use. You know. Yeah, and yeah. if there's one message I want to send out to all the kids who are using fuck words and being disrespectful to authority figures, yeah. uh, there's a better way to live. Yeah. Uh, this is America. Yeah, quit being faggots and expand your diction, you know? <laughs> the more you know. 
no, I totally I, ruined it. Uh, and like, but that was like when when you discovered curse words for the first time. They were a very powerful thing. Yeah, and I was listening to songs like that, and Eminem was huge. And I was like, yeah, definitely. Like they were powerful words back then. I was in the fourth grade. I had a kid correct me when I said heck. He was like, hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way cool people say it. Anybody H-E double hockey sticks. Oh, yeah, yeah. H-E double dildos. Well, that seems completely beside the thing. Like, that seems completely self-defeating. It's funny. Yeah, H-E double dicks. That sounds like a firm... I think that's the name of the guy from There Will Be Blood. <laughs> See, okay. Oh my god, this is my jam. This is uh, some regional flavor. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Soldiers of Jaw Army with Can't Tell Me. This is off their 2006 album Get Wiser. Uh, which received three and a half stars from allmusic.com, who said, just about everything flows and bumps along very nicely. Uh, these guys are from Arlington, Virginia. The spiritual home of reggae music. I was, I got huge into reggae. Uh, my senior, my end of junior year, beginning of senior year. Um, no reason. I just really got big into Bob Marley. I had not uh, taken on the THC yet. That has not been, been a part of my life yet. I, I didn't start smoking until way, way, way after high school. And uh, I was just really into reggae. I don't know. I was just into Bob Marley and uh, Toots and Maytals and just really old 1960s, 1970s stuff. And then, you know, just newer stuff. A lot of, like, white boy ska reggae as well from, like, California. Okay, yeah. Big into that as well. Like, what? You, you got any names? Uh, like, well, I mean, you probably know, like, Slightly Stupid. Like, those are the yeah. more bigger known. You like, know, 311, stuff like that. Like, but, Operation like, Ivy I liked when I was in high school. I don't know if you're, uh, the Expendables, uh, Revolution. The Expendables? Yeah, that's <laughs> different it's from like, the It's like 748 action stars doing a regular reggae together. Yeah. <laughs> um, Revolution, Collie Buds, uh -huh. Clear Conscience. Holy shit. Um, Stick Figure. Uh, just those are like real white boy reggae bands. Um, and then Soja here. I, I found them. I, I, just, I was into reggae and I found them. Turns out they're from Alexandria, Virginia. Uh -huh. They're so local. Um, and so I start checking out where I can see them after I downloaded their their album. I loved it. And uh, turns out they're always playing at the State Theater. That's in mm -hmm. Falls Church. Um, and I go there for the first time. They don't sell out. It's like not... Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a big thing for them. Two years later, they're just... They're selling out all over the world. Like, just in Brazil and Portugal. Really? All over, yeah. All over Europe, South America. They're huge. Reggae is huge in Rome. Yeah. Worldwide, reggae is huge. Except for in America. Um, so, yeah, they're just... They're, they're, like Beatles. they're like the Beatles everywhere else. They sell out, like, stadiums, like aircraft carriers, stadiums, stuff like that. 
But here they barely wait, sometimes hey, Pat, sell sorry. out. Wait, did you say they sold out an aircraft carrier? <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, like, stadiums. We're doing a gig in the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> Find your own transportation. <laughs> no cover charge. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they come, every time they come here back home, they, uh, maybe sell out one night. Maybe night. It's like, whatever. Yeah, because it's like Arlington. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, but the, the great thing about that is I've gone to see them over 14 times. And over 14? Yeah. <laughs> over 14 times. That's, yeah, I love this That's game. a weird cutoff point. I mean, I, I don't know. Because I, I, I used to collect tickets, and I know for sure I have 14. Okay. Like other friends, like other friends. Like, I've gone tickets, like, my other friends have bought it for me. Birthdays, Saturday, I've gone more. They've that. sold out in over 14 countries. <laughs> So I've seen them 14 times, and, the and part, over zero aircraft carriers. <laughs> and the best part is just seeing them. Uh, you know, I can be right in front. Uh, you, if you know, follow, if you know uh, the state theater, it's you know, yeah, uh, gigantic. It's very easy yeah, to get they up front. They do comedy there. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was awesome. Just getting to know. I've met them. I've met them before. Um, took a bunch of pictures with them. Just yeah, it's a really great band. If you listen to it, like their message is so good, like so positive. Like I didn't, even, I wasn't sure. even smoking weed then. I was just like, like as a 17, 16 year old, like listening to that, I felt really it was good for me. So. I, th- I feel like like reggae has to hit me when I'm in a very specific mood, and when it does, yeah. it, and like when that happens, it's magical. Like I just uh, go to sleep and have wonderful dreams. Yeah, but I mean that's what Ray is all about. It's about you know being positive. Yeah. Gonna, if it's not great now, it's gonna get better. It's just like looking forward to to you know the future. Yeah. <laughs> time travel. Ray is about time travel, really. The future. This is the future. Yeah. This is the, the future of music. Is reggae. It's gonna be all reggae. <laughs> I have never heard that opinion before. (laughs) You know what I think is about to explode in 2015? Uh, Well, you know, uh, it's got its its following, and I think most of them are between 14 and 19 years old. What? I saw them at college in the UK. I saw some of them as well in the UK. That's great. That's great. Not joking. Are they great? Yeah, they're amazing. Amazing. Rock City, Nottingham. Awesome. Yeah, they're headline. <laughs> Alright, I'm the guest. <laughs> 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 I, I like it when it turns into a real town hall meeting. <laughs> I legitimately do. I mean, I <laughs> uh, this, oh, shit. Okay. This kind of music is vile to me. It's like, why even, why do you keep writing songs when they're all this song? This whole album is like, yeah, these songs over and over, and I love it. I love it. I was, I was a huge jackhead. Um, 
All through high school. This album, the In Between Dreams. Yeah, this um, is Jack Johnson with No Other Way off of In Between Dreams, which came out in 2005. Three and a half stars on allmusic.com. Uh, who said, Jack Johnson writes songs that just feel good. And, and yeah, that's it. I mean, he wrote a song that feels good, and then he just kept doing it. Which one, Flake? I don't know. It's just, it's all the same to me. Like, this doesn't sound like anything. This is, I mean, if it sounds good, yeah, give me all of the same. Same sounding good music. This is great music. This is straight from Hawaii. This is the kind of music. This is the kind of music that, like, there is no point in playing it above minimum volume. Like, there's no... <laughs> this is the kind of songs, like, I, I, back in high school, I'm like, oh, this is the kind of songs you're gonna have sex to. Yeah. For sure. Like, I'm just gonna, but no, I never have sex to this song. Yeah, I, that would be weird. It would feel yeah. like he was in the room with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah. I don't know, this is... He's great, that album. It was another feel-good, like, just like so, it's very positive shit. I mean, it's, like, I saw him, I saw him live at uh, Bonnaroo, and I think it was 2006, and so, like, the, he was on the main stage right before the headliner, and I think it was, like, Radiohead or something, so we got there early to get a spot, and he was on, and it's this massive outdoor stage, and it's still light out, and it's just, like... There is no point in being here for this. Like, who, like, why do you go to a Jack Johnson? I would not go to a Jack Johnson uh, concert unless we were, like, allowed to have, like, a, a, a party during it. Like, unless we were allowed to be doing something else while so we were So basically, playing. if he just got invited to a house party. Yeah, like, and he's the kind of guy that brings his guitar to the house party yeah. and starts playing it, for sure. Because every guy in high school I used to know who played the guitar, or like you know, it took a year or whatever in high school. Um, always brought their guitar and always started playing a Jack Johnson tune. Sure, because they had all the chords memorized. Sure. Yeah. Well, good for him. They're simple and they're beautiful. Man. He found a he found a niche doing something that a thousand people also do. He also surfs and he's a filmmaker and he's from Hawaii. <laughs> Not to, well, be, not to be confused by the African American uh, boxer from the 1970s. What sort of filmmaker is he? Yeah, that's like the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the I like that Jack Johnson better. <laughs> I like the I like the boxer from the 30s a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I was just seeing like a picture of him, like he was looking. At him. <laughs> 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 have one. I have one above my bed. I touch it every night before I go to sleep. No frame. I just printed it at the library. You want to get to this last one? Yeah, man. And you're a big fan of this band as well, correct? Uh, I mean, I was for a very long time, and they still have a hold on me that I well, can't yeah, exactly. break through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This came out in like 06. Now this is definitely white people shit. This yeah. is the Red Hot Chili Peppers with snow, and then in double parentheses, hey, oh. 
This is off their 2006 album, Stadium Arcadium, which received three and a half stars from AllMusic.com. This is the most clever thing I've read in one of their uh, reviews. Uh, the first major album by a, a, a major band that makes as much sense on shuffle as it does play in, in sequence. Uh, this was a double album with, like, a ton of songs on it, and they were all just kind of like... It was like, hey, we made these. It was too many songs. <laughs> <laughs> that was too many songs. It was like, it was good that it came out in a time where you could make a playlist and just cut all the songs that you didn't want to hear out of it. Right, I mean, but already you're making a double album. Why mm -hmm. does each CD have to have, like, 17 songs? Yeah. There's a lot of songs um, out there. This one's great, 21st Century. There are songs on there that I really like. That's the last one that they actually did with John Frusciante, so it has like it has some really good like fucking wailing guitar uh, solos and stuff like that. Um, there's one on there called Wet Sand that I like a lot. Uh, but I just the lyrics I can't ignore Anthony Kiedis anymore. Like when I was a kid, I was fine with it, but now I'm like uh, I'm, I'm almost 27, man. And in this song, he says. Hey yo, listen what I say yo. <laughs> and he says it dozens of times. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about any of the time. But you could just put, you could put anything that has this rhythm into the, in for the lyrics. Because it's, it's a great rhythm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of the band is so much better than he is. <laughs> Isn't that a bummer when like the front man is the least talented member of a group? Yeah. <laughs> they made it, man. They made it. This definitely reminds me of summer. Summer of uh, uh, after right after graduating uh, high school. Um, Beach week. I definitely have like that as an associate. Like yeah. just like all of the songs playing a lot. Been in like the beginning of my freshman year of college. Yeah. I remember just we listened to this like over me and my friends, all white, of course. Um, down to Myrtle Beach for Beach Week over here. They uh, we have Beach Week like after you graduate high school. Yeah. So you go to the beach for a week. Sure. It's Beach Week. That, um, okay, got it. And the uh, beach to go to around here, I guess, would be Myrtle. And this song is just on repeat the whole time. Still had not tried drugs yet. It was all alcohol. <laughs> no, I remember being high as shit and listening to this album in the library at my college. That's a. Uh, it's probably my strongest image with it. <laughs> I'm not entirely certain what just happened. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't the audience is trying to end the show. I, I, I think that's probably true. Oh, I just love you guys. You're great. <laughs> he said he loves you guys, and you're great. Yeah, I, so, I don't know. This is my favorite band for a few years, and uh, it's a great band. I was into them. After them, uh, the Strokes. After the Strokes, hard. <laughs> oh 
was just one of many. I got into the hives myself, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying I fucked bees. <laughs> 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 Jason, do you have anything to plug? Um, yeah, uh, well, when is this coming out? Uh, this is going to be uh, first week of January. So first Monday of January, whatever that is. Okay, well, that's... So the 6th, I think? Oh, the 6th? 5th. 5th, okay. Well, um, travel back in time to January 2nd and come back here to the Bathtub Republic. Okay. Uh, but I guess it's more for you guys. Um, we're having a show brought to you by Ruth Rasby, former roommate here and stand-up comedian. And she's putting up a show called Super Indie. Uh, it will be including myself, herself, uh, Sean Joyce, um, I know I'm forgetting somebody, and then AGLG, which is going to be the musical act. And it's going to be a very uh, indie, interactive, musical comedy experience. So you guys want to be here. And aside from that, I will be uh, putting up a show with a uh, good friend, uh, Monty Litwack. Um, so just check that good out. Good friend. Uh, yeah. s- uh, starting in January. Good stuff. <laughs> 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 We're trying to wrap this up, dude. <laughs> I'll let people know on Facebook and, uh, and Twitter. Follow me at, at Classic Nunez. Classic N-U-N-E-Z. Yeah, thank you so much. I want to. You're say an it. absolute treat. Thank yeah. you for doing it. John bless you. Give it up for Jason Nunez, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow the show on Facebook. Sadness Town with David Twighty. Email me at davidsadnesstown at gmail dot com. Uh, come to shows and uh, you know. Remember, nothing is going to be okay. <laughs> I hope you guys are still hanging. That was the worst dismount in Sadness Town history. I get the song on it, it was perfect. Thanks to Benchmark. Yes. I thought I had it.